Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. But how do you feel? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? Get to GNC. We'll help with solutions to address those side effects and keep you going on your journey. GNC. Mighty Mommy here, and I'm ready to share some quick and dirty parenting tips with you that will help make your life as a parent a little bit easier and a lot more fun. I'm your host, Cheryl Butler. As a woman who endured six years of unexplained infertility, resulting in three miscarriages, and finally a beautiful adoption, an infant daughter who is now 20 years old, I considered every alternative available in order to become a mother. Though we opted for adoption, and then I went on to deliver seven healthy babies after that, surrogacy is definitely a route that we considered during those six trying years. The idea of surrogacy, however, seems to carry some serious baggage. Perhaps it's because many people don't have all the facts about what a wonderful alternative this can be for families who are unable to start a family by natural means. That's why I invited Leslie Morgan Steiner, author of the enlightening book, The Baby Chase, How Surrogacy is Transforming the American Family, to shed some light on this divisive issue. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Now, let's talk about the fascinating subject of surrogacy. Leslie, thanks so much for joining me today. Leslie, welcome. My Thank mighty, you. My Mighty Mommy fans are really looking forward to learning more about the hot topic of surrogacy. So I have a few questions for you, so let's get started. How would you explain the definition of surrogacy to those who just think it's just a baby incubator? Well, I would start by explaining that surrogacy is actually an ancient form of treating infertility. That in the Old Testament, there are over 20 mentions of men who have gone to concubines to have babies when their own wives couldn't have them. And so it's actually a solution that's been with us for a very long time that people still find quite alien. 
And the really big advance that has happened in the last 20 years is that now the surrogate is not biologically or genetically related to the baby that she carries because IVF has made it possible to have egg from one source, a sperm from another source, and then have the surrogate provide the uterus without any connection to the baby, without any biological connection. Obviously, there is a very strong emotional and psychological connection. So for a lot of people, that makes it easier to understand, even though in some ways it makes it even stranger because it gets even further away from natural conception and gestation. And I also think it's really important for people to understand something that almost nobody knows, which is that infertility is a very common and natural human affliction, that 10 to 12% of the population is infertile, and that you don't know that you're infertile until you actually try to have a baby and can't. So it's a common and very devastating problem for people who want to have babies. And I'm, I, it was news to me that surrogacy was such a good option. So I, I don't judge anybody who finds it strange because I found it really strange at the beginning too. Right. Sure. Where does a couple or an individual begin to seek reliable information about surrogacy? Because there's so many uh, ins and outs out there and people can get turned on to a place that might not be... Um, legitimate. So what do you recommend to couples that are, are seeking this route? Well, it, it's a very good point. And the, the first place that I would go is to a nonprofit organization called Resolve, uh, which is dedicated to helping couples navigate infertility overall and find their own resolution. And they can help couples come to terms with what's happened to them and also to find a reputable agency to help them, whether it's an adoption agency or a surrogacy agency. And then beyond that, I would echo what you said, that this is a very new industry in the United States and around the world, and there is a lot of fraud and corruption. And so it's incredibly important to go with an agency that is highly recommended, that has a wonderful reputation. And two agencies that that I profile in my book, The Baby Chase, are the Center for Surrogate Parenting and also the Surrogacy Source. Those are both excellent agencies in the United States. And then the last place that I would recommend is that um, the woman who I profile in The Baby Chase, who had three babies via surrogate, her name is Rhonda Weil. And she wrote a very wonderful blog about her journey through infertility and surrogacy. And that is a great place for somebody to go to to understand the, the, the incredible frustrations and ups and downs of facing infertility and then getting to the point where you want to hire a surrogate. Great. Do you, do you happen to know the name of her blog? Um, her, if you just Google Rhonda Weil, W-I-L-E, you will find it. Oh, um, there are actually two different blogs that she has because she used two different surrogates to have uh, two different babies. But if you look for her name in surrogacy, you'll, you'll find it. It's a very okay. popular blog. Oh, thank you. Um, So now can we talk about the financial component of surrogacy? The financial component of surrogacy is often prohibitive and most controversial. Can you offer any information about this important consideration in regards to surrogacy, especially the fact that a surrogate mother is selling or renting her body to earn income in many cases? I can offer a lot of information, although I, I think that I don't have really good solutions because right now, it's not a pretty picture. Surrogacy in the United States is incredibly expensive. It can cost quite easily $100,000. A lot of the fee goes to the surrogate herself, and then another big chunk goes to the agency. But the most complicated part of it is that you have to pay lawyers a huge amount of money. 
because surrogacy is currently not recognized in 50, 15 states in the United States. And the laws are really different state by state. So you need to have a lawyer, and there aren't very many of them, who really understand surrogacy. And because obviously you want your surrogate to have a contract that is legal and enforceable. And you want her to give birth in a state that recognizes surrogacy so that your name can be on the birth certificate so that you can bring your own baby home from the hospital. And there are unfortunately stories of people who didn't have good lawyers or didn't have a lawyer at all and didn't go with a reputable agency who faced very serious problems um, once their baby was born or if there are problems in the pregnancy. And all of the reputable agencies very carefully screen the surrogates. They screen them for health and emotional issues to make sure that the women know what they're getting into and that the women don't see it as renting or selling their bodies or their babies. They see it in a much more positive way, that they're they're all mothers. They're people who've already had kids. And they understand to a certain extent what they are getting into. And they want to do this. It's voluntary. And they understand that they are giving couples, desperate couples, the gift of life. So it's a the reputable agencies work with women who see this as a positive uh, in their lives. And I think one of the best situations is to not just work with a agency that you trust and is reputable, but work with a surrogate who has already worked as a surrogate, because then she really understands what she's doing. And she can help guide you through this process too. Oh, that's great advice. Have insurance companies started providing coverage for surrogacy yet? Thank you for asking that because that's um, a very important part of the financial component. There are no mainstream health insurance companies in the United States who cover surrogacy as a treatment for infertility at this stage. And I hope that one day they will because surrogacy is a treatment for the disease of infertility and doctors recognize surrogacy as a solution and infertility as a disease. But insurance companies are way behind on this issue. There is one agency run by a woman named Trish Taylor called New Life Agency that offers an insurance policy of sorts. Um, It's very expensive, and you have to decide beforehand how many rounds of IVF you'd like to go through. You have to answer some very important and difficult questions, but there is at least one agency. But the mainstream health insurance companies, including the military health insurance company, TRICARE, does not offer insurance. And in fact, a lot of agencies have started very carefully screening out surrogates. It used to be that a surrogate's health insurance policy covered her prenatal care, but now surrogacy is seen as a business and health insurance companies don't want to cover a pregnancy unless it's a quote-unquote natural pregnancy uh, and not um, part of a a for-profit endeavor from the surrogate's view. Okay, wow. What are the common fears or misconceptions that couples or individuals considering surrogacy face? I think that everybody is really afraid of what their friends and family and coworkers are going to think about this. And they also are afraid of what their own children one day might think of this. It's kind of like the way adoption was, was in the 30s, 40s, and 50s in the United States, that people who adopted didn't want it to be open, and they often didn't tell their children that they were adopted. We see a lot of that now. And it's, it's because surrogacy is a new solution that's alien to a lot of people, and also because all major religions at this stage oppose assisted reproductive technology, including surrogacy. So if you are deeply religious, if faith is a really important part of your life, you're going to face opposition within your church too. And this is, this is a lot for couples um, or individuals who want babies and can't have them on their own to, to tackle emotionally and um, 
in terms of planning their, their families, which is normally a pretty simple and beautiful natural thing, you would learn right away with infertility that, that nothing is very simple. Yes, I know all about that. That is well said. Is it recommended that families considering and or going through surrogacy retain some type of emotional counseling throughout the process? It is highly recommended by everybody in the surrogacy world that the surrogates themselves get a lot of counseling and that the intended parents do too. And some of the common issues are, you know, with any time you're becoming a parent, especially for the first time, you have to be mentally prepared um, and physically and financially prepared to welcome somebody new into your life. So some of that is what regular couples go through. But there are also a lot of issues that the intended mother in particular has often has a lot of self-doubt and insecurity that she is not going to feel like the real mother of the baby and is not going to be seen as the real mother. And that's a terrible way to go into motherhood. So counseling can really help with that. And then for the surrogate herself, either even under the best of circumstances, um, it's a complicated emotional process to get pregnant with somebody else's baby and to know from day one that you are going to be giving this baby to another family when the baby is born. And so surrogates need a lot of help and care, even if their families are supportive, even if they've been through this before. So counseling all around is highly recommended and in for most agencies require it. Uh, for people who are choosing surrogacy, what's the typical relationship between the surrogate um, and the couple that are going to be having, you know, having the baby? Well, there's a lot of excitement and wonder about the process and also a lot of doubt and fear on both sides. Um, you know, the surrogate has something that the intended parents desperately want. She has the ability to conceive and gestate a baby. And it's a tricky situation. She's giving them something priceless. So I think there's a great deal of respect and gratitude, especially during the pregnancy. But then after the baby is born, it's quite natural for the surrogate to have to pull back from the relationship and also for the intended parents to pull back as well because they need to bond with their baby and establish their own parenting style. So um, as I said earlier, there's nothing simple about this. And also every surrogate is different. The, I, there are surrogates, the surrogates that I profile in the baby chase, they wanted to stay involved with the, the children and the intended families. Um, but there are some surrogates who want to disconnect and detach quite soon after the baby is born, maybe within hours. And so you have to have a lot of respect for the fact that we're dealing with creating life here and we're dealing with human beings and everybody is a little bit different and that you have to tread very lightly and carefully, especially um, in the early hours and weeks of a baby's birth. What are the prerequisites for a woman to be considered a viable surrogate? Well, the first and most important thing is that she has to have um, had easy, uncomplicated pregnancies and she has to be a mother already because that helps so much to ground her in knowing what she's getting into and what, what she will be giving up. Agencies do not like to work with um, women who are, are desperate, um, who are financially desperate, because they are already at a disadvantage and they may not know what they're getting into. And no reputable agency wants to take advantage of a woman's financial desperation. Many agencies do extensive criminal background checks. The surrogates have to have quite detailed physicals and health care checkups and psychological vetting to make sure that they are physically and emotionally capable of doing this. And very complicated, detailed contracts are involved. 
And that the process of going through the contract and deciding what will happen in the case of a birth defect discovered at the 20 week sonogram or heaven forbid a hysterectomy towards the end of the pregnancy after the baby has been born. Um, all of that really gets at how complicated um, emotionally and physically this process is. And that in a way is a screening device itself. A surrogate has got to be very committed to doing this in order to sign up for this, this process. Well, right now, the hot topic in surrogacy seems to be about women who are choosing surrogacy, not because of fertility issues, but because they either don't want to be pregnant, don't wish pregnancy to interfere with their careers, or they don't want their bodies to be put through a pregnancy due to vanity reasons. How do you think this affects the image of surrogacy? Well, I think that from surrogacy's earliest days, it was kind of a an underhanded accusation that women wanted to be mothers without having to go through the the discomfort of pregnancy. But the way that I look at it is pregnancy is a very short part of parenthood. It's only nine months in the lifetime of a child. And I have come to the position that it doesn't matter so very much who is pregnant. Now, I myself, I loved being pregnant. I loved every second of it. I thought it was fascinating and wonderful. But I know so many women who don't feel that way, who are terrified of pregnancy it is a dangerous process to go through. It's not for everybody. And also there is a tremendous amount of gender discrimination against pregnant women at work, even if you're not a, you know, a fashion model or a movie star um, or entertainer. If you're just a regular woman who you know, goes to a job every day, there's a lot of discrimination. So I can understand why women, certain women would want to avoid it. But it's a very tiny number of women who actually want to avoid pregnancy. Most infertile women would give anything to be pregnant. Um, and so it's hurtful to even make this accusation. But the bottom line is a lot of people become parents without be ever being pregnant. Every dad out there became a dad without being pregnant. And I don't understand what the big deal is if a woman wants to have a baby without being pregnant um, and she can afford it and she knows what she's getting into. I don't, I, I don't think it's um, as bad as people make it out to be. Leslie, what are the statistics of successful surrogacies in the United States each year? It is very hard to track this because hospitals track live births, but they don't track how the baby was conceived or who the mother is. We face a similar problem with trying to figure out how many children are born every year via sperm donor or egg donor. Um, but agencies estimate that there are about 4,000 babies born every year in the United States due to surrogate pregnancy. Okay, great. Um, and finally, how does a woman find out more information if she's interested in becoming a surrogate? Where's the best place for her to look? I would, again, go back to the agencies that I recommended at the beginning, the Surrogacy Source and the Center for Surrogate Parenting. Also, in the back of the Baby Chase, there's a, a list of several different resources that people can turn to. My website has information on it, um, and you can turn to um, Rhonda and Jerry Weil's blog for more information, too, both surrogacy agencies in the United States and Surrogacy India, the agency that I profile um, in Mumbai, India, the one that the Wiles ended up using for their children. Great. A special thanks to author Leslie Morgan Steiner, author of The Baby Chase, for your fascinating views on surrogacy. You really shed a lot of light on the ins and outs of surrogacy. And I know that the Mighty Mommy listeners are going to walk away feeling a lot more knowledgeable about this area. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for the interview. I really appreciate the chance to talk to your readers. Great. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks so much to my special guest, Leslie Morgan Steiner, author of The Baby Chase, How Surrogacy is Transforming the American Family.
Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. What are your thoughts about surrogacy? Share your thoughts in the comment section at quickanddirtytips.com slash mighty-mommy or post your ideas on the Mighty Mommy Facebook page. You can also connect with me on Twitter at Mighty Mommy or email me at mommy at quickanddirtytips.com and visit my family-friendly boards at pinterest.com slash mightymommyqdt. Have a great week, everyone, and until next time, happy parenting. Today's top story, the flavor merger of the century between the Peanut Butter Group and Chocolatey Corp. Joining me is a PBC executive. Thanks for having me, Barry. Now, how did you know the merger and the byproduct of it, Jif Peanut Butter and Chocolate Flavored Spread, would be a success? You know, it was a gut feeling, a rumbling, if you will. Besides, they're two titans of taste. Very true. Goes great with pretzels. And pancakes. Apples too, I bet. Try Jif PBC today. Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide.